0: This content may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion advised.
2: I glanced back hoping to see him get in his car to try getting his license plate number, only to see the man just standing in the middle of the parking lot, leering at me.
1: I kept looking out like I was in a trance and saying different variations of
3: I need to walk out into the woods for a little bit. I turned around and there he was. Maybe an arm's length away, headed directly for me. The yellow raincoat hood was pulled up over his head and buttoned.
4: From Disturbed
0: Media, join your host, Chad, for true tales of horror, bizarre happenings, and unexplainable events. This
3: is Disturbed
4: Welcome back in everyone and thanks for joining me. This week, I'm bringing you 4 true tales that will terrify and horrify. So sit back and listen close, as we dive into the horror. We open the show hearing from Reddit user EmbarrassedGas4909. Featuring voice work by Rhiannon and Mauschal, and we meet the wrong person in the parking lot.
2: This happened to me last summer, and it still gives me chills to think about. That day, I went to the thrift store with my boyfriend, and as we were heading back home, I suggested we pick up some sushi for dinner at our nearby grocery store. As my boyfriend works night shifts, he was already feeling tired and suggested that I go to the grocery store while he goes back home. We live in a busy part of our city, where the mall, library, city hall, restaurants, major stores, etc. are all a couple of minutes away from our home. Not to mention, I live in a relatively safe city with little crime, so I was more than alright with going by myself. Now, I truly wish I hadn't. As we parted ways, I was walking through the parking lot of the grocery store when a stocky man, about 6'5", probably in his mid to early 40s, approached me. With a wide smile and wider eyes, he said, Wow, you are stunning. I simply thanked him and tried walking away. He cut me off, saying, I have never seen someone as beautiful as you before. I was immediately filled with dread. I looked back hoping my boyfriend was still in sight. No luck. It may seem like an exaggeration to be wary of a person right off the bat, but having read and watched true crime and horror stories for years coupled with having extreme social anxiety and being a smaller woman with zero fighting skills, I have always sided with caution. Not to mention with his eyes and smile, he honestly reminded me of a buffer Art the Clown from Terrifier. Minus the clown costume and lack of talking. The man roped me into a one-sided conversation, asking me my name and how old I was. I gave him a fake name and told him I was 19. He laughed and said unnaturally excitedly, That's good. That means you're a true woman now. What the actual fuck? My boyfriend later told me I should have lied and said I was under 18, as this may have made the man uninterested. From the red flags I got from the man, I seriously doubt that. He then stuck his phone out, asking for my number. I refused, saying I had a boyfriend. And I just want to talk to you. I repeated that I had a boyfriend. It was unnerving how his smile never wavered, despite showing that I wasn't interested. Like he wasn't understanding? Or he just didn't care? He sounded confused, but still grinning, he stepped towards me and asked, So you don't want to cheat on your boyfriend? As if to say, what do you mean you don't want to go out with a scary-ass man that's double your age? Speechless, I stepped back and gave pleading looks to the people walking in and out of the grocery store. After the last time I refused, his smile suddenly dropped, while he placed his hand on my back saying in a now cold, firm tone, Come on, I have a nice car I can drive you around in. Let's check out one of these restaurants. Seeing a person's entire demeanor change with the flip of a switch was something I only saw in movies and TV shows. And seeing it in this situation fucking terrified me. Going into panic mode, I somehow found the courage to push myself off him and almost shouted, Sorry, I really have to go buy my groceries. Noticing that people were staring at us, his sick smile reappeared and he said with a low voice, All right then, I'll see you later, fake name. I practically ran into the grocery store with so much relief. I glanced back hoping to see him get in his car to try getting his license plate number, only to see the man just standing in the middle of the parking lot, leering at me. Shit. I called my boyfriend in the store, but it kept going to voicemail. I figured he was sleeping, and I was seriously scared to walk back home. I managed to calm myself down in the store, figuring the man must have been long gone. Yet, I was on high alert the entire walk home. It was starting to get dark, but I figured if I just stayed cautious and walked quickly, I would be fine. I couldn't be more wrong. When I was approaching the crosswalk that led to my street, I heard a car pulling up to the sidewalk, followed by a sickeningly familiar voice barking, Hey! Hi! Hey! Hi! My heart dropped into my stomach. I glanced sideways at the car. With his unmistakable, now malicious-looking grin plastered on his face, the man's upper body was leaning out of his car window, as if he was trying to reach out to me. Oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. He tauntingly called out, "'So where's your boyfriend?' while cackling. From everything I've learned from true crime and horror stories, I knew it was best not to acknowledge the man." my mind racing while trying to appear composed, I knew I couldn't lead him to my house and turning back to go to the mall or stores may have given away that I was terrified and trying to escape. Bless whoever designed my neighborhood, as the city's rec center was conveniently right next to my complex. I ignored him and casually crossed the street, quickening my pace as I headed into the rec center. I tried not to look back, scared that I would see the man running up on me with his wide grin, but I made it into the rec center and finally looked behind me. I assumed the man would have followed me in or waited for me in his car. Instead, he sped away down a street opposite from my house. With so much relief, I called my boyfriend who woke up to my call. I was on the verge of breaking down but managed to fill him in on everything. He rushed to the rec center and after he helped me calm down, he walked me home. My boyfriend asked if I got the man's license plate number, to which I felt like a fucking idiot. Not only was it too dark, but I was too consumed with fear for my own life that it didn't even cross my mind at the time. the very least, I called the police, giving them a description of the man and the make and model of his car. They said they would do what they could, but I haven't heard back from them. I haven't seen that man since. Well, not in person, at least because I still see that man's smile in my dreams, haunting me for countless nights, plaguing my mind. Thinking about the sadistic, glaring look he had in his car reminds me that he was overjoyed to realize that I was alone and vulnerable, that my seemingly safe city isn't as safe as I thought. At the same time, I feel so grateful that the man never found out where I lived. But, for all I know, he could be lurking around, trying to harm other women like he tried to with me that night. For mine and the women in my city's sake, I hope I don't have to find out.
0: Looking for even more Disturbed? Join us on Patreon for ad-free listening, shout-outs, and Disturbing Calls bonus episodes at patreon.com slash disturbedpodcast. Apple users can subscribe to Disturbed Media Premium directly in the Apple Podcasts app.
4: Next up, we check in with Reddit user MyBuffHamster, featuring voice work by Nicole Doolin, and we meet the man in the raincoat.
3: I've wanted to tell this story for years, and now I finally have a way to share it. This is going to be long, but I will tell you about the scariest experience of my life. I was 15 years old, living in a medium sized city in North Florida. About 60,000 people, but some areas were really spread out and rural. Don't think of it like New York City or anything, more like a lot of houses spread out over a huge area and condensed shopping centers. I was a bit of a punk that my parents had a hard time controlling. So that meant I basically snuck out constantly and was always riding my bike around the city all hours of the night with my friends, fighting and constantly causing trouble. My next-door neighbors were my best friends. Let's call them Nick and Tim. Nick and Tim were brothers only a year or so apart. On that night, Tim had texted me around 1am asking me to ride bikes with him and his brother to his girlfriend's house so he can get lucky. I remember being hesitant because of how long the bike ride was. I just looked it up, and it was 9.6 miles from my house to her street. But Tim begged and begged me to go until I agreed. Our city had a curfew, meaning any police in the area that saw you and assumed you were a minor would stop you and possibly issue you a ticket and bring you home. That meant we had to be careful about being seen by cars going by. Well, the bike ride to her house went by without any issues. We took our time, joked around, smoked a little pot, and genuinely just enjoyed the ride together. We ran out of what little pot we had on the way and finally got to his girlfriend's house. After what felt like an hour, Tim snuck around the back to go in and Nick and I just sat on an electrical box and talked. Maybe 30 minutes went by and Tim triumphantly snuck out of the house bragging about his time in there and says we should head out. Annoyed at how long it took and nearly sober, we both agreed. The first mile of the ride went by smoothly, but things changed. We had just passed a decent-sized shopping center closed and a church. We rode by it slowly in zero rush at all. After we passed it, it led to a long stretch of road with woods and canals on each side. The road had two lanes on each side, separated by palm trees and landscaping in the middle. Sidewalks on both sides and on the right side another road connects to the parkway. We were riding on the right-hand sidewalk. Off in the distance we saw a very tall older man wearing a yellow raincoat and a large backpack. He was walking back and forth on the sidewalk under a street light on the corner of the parkway and the side street. We all went silent as we got closer. I don't think he could have seen or heard us as there were no lights over us and there were sprinklers going off in the median. I remember hearing him dragging his feet across the ground and mumbling. He was dragging his feet almost like he was trying to brush away the concrete to find something underneath it. The mumbling was incoherent and frantic. Honestly, it made my heart sink and my stomach nod up. I couldn't understand anything he was saying, and the only way to go to get home was to go by him. Nick said, "'Yo, let's cross the street and get onto the other sidewalk.' Tim and I agreed. I remember this so distinctly. We crossed the landscaped medium and a jet of sprinkler water hit me directly in the face and got into my mouth and my eyes. It smelled like sulfur and tasted horribly. On the other side, we could hear the mumbling and scraping of his feet clearer. I could now see more details about him. He was smoking a cigarette and was probably 6'5", had on a huge green backpack, was extremely skinny, had long gray hair, was wearing combat boots and blue ripped jeans, and that he had a full white beard. He didn't seem to notice until we were directly across from him. We all had our eyes locked on his direction when he suddenly stopped walking, talking, and scraping his feet, looked up from the ground, and let out this god-awful screech. It was like he tried to say 100 words at once. None of us knew what he tried to say. After the initial scream, I could make out, "'What the fuck are you doing?' It startled us. We were now 25 yards away from him, and then he screams, "'What the fuck are you looking at?' I was a foolish teenager. I piped up to say something smart, and Tim riding next to me grabbed onto me and said, "'Don't say a fucking word!' So I didn't, and in hindsight, I am so glad I didn't. He kept screaming in our direction, and we kept riding." The further we rode, the fainter the screaming got. Then it stopped. We crossed the street again to the other side and made it about a mile down the road, all of us on edge. We glanced over our shoulders constantly to make sure he wasn't following us. We talked briefly about it, how strange it was, etc. But we were glad it was over with. Or so we thought. Nick and Tim were riding in front of me when I thought I heard something behind me. I turned around and there he was. Maybe an arm's length away, headed directly for me. The yellow raincoat hood was pulled up over his head and buttoned. This guy was standing up on his mountain bike, pedaling as hard as he could. We locked eyes and he started screaming. He screamed not words, not any language, a fucking constant scream as loud as he could. I have the chills writing this even now as a 25-year-old grown-ass woman with a husband and a baby. If someone ever illustrated that image and I saw it, I would probably have a panic attack. I screamed he's right behind us and stood up pedaling as hard as I could. I think we all did. And he was right behind us the whole time screaming. Every so often, he would get right on top of us. Screaming and trying to knock us off our bikes. I don't know how long we rode with him behind us, but it felt like eternity. I think age played a factor because he must have got tired and let us get ahead a bit. Exhausted, we pulled into a neighborhood and started cutting through yards to lose him. We jumped off our bikes and all just decided if he's still chasing us, we were going to make our stand together and fight. It was like a hive mind decision. All too tired to keep running. It was our only option. We waited for him, but he never came. I don't even remember hearing him. I still can't recall when we lost him. I called my house phone, waking both my parents up in the process, and told my dad about the situation. He told me to get home and figure it out. I asked to talk to my mother, and she yelled at me on the phone and refused to come pick us up. I got home with Nick and Tim in tow, who asked if they could crash in my room. Of course, I said yes. I think we all still have some weird feelings about that night, and we never really spoke of it again. I don't know what he wanted. He was clearly on drugs, but it makes me wonder if he would have robbed us or worse.
0: You're listening to Disturbed. Now, back to the horror.
4: Next up, we check in with Reddit user LulaKiss, featuring voice work by Sarah Thomas, and we get saved by strangers.
0: So this story took place when I was 12. It is more than half my lifespan ago, but I still get really uneasy when thinking back to it. I tried to block it from my mind and not guess as to what could have happened if not for two kind strangers. I was walking home from school one day, four kilometer walk along a busy road. I was walking alone, however. At one of the intersections I cross, there was a tall, dirty looking man that noticed me. I would guess his age was his early 30s, Being a kid back then, I struggled telling the age of adults. He started following me and trying to strike up a conversation. He kept telling me that I was beautiful and that he wants us to be friends. He asked me where I live and if my parents would be home. He asked me so many questions, but I tried to just shrug him off and be polite. I didn't answer any of his questions, just increased the pace I was walking. A few months passed without me running into the man again so I completely put this out of my mind. He was probably just some random weirdo. However, as you can guess from here, things did not stay that way. One day, approximately four months later, I found myself walking home after school again. I will admit that I wasn't paying much attention to my surroundings. That was until I heard what sounded like footsteps running behind me. I reflexively turned to look around And it was that same creepy man that I had encountered before. He slowed his pace as he reached me, but he was yelling the entire time. He figured out that I had given him the wrong phone number when he had asked me for it, and he was furious. He kept yelling that, I think I'm better than him, that's why I gave him a fake number. I was terrified in that moment, and he was very angry. I was afraid that he was going to hurt me but couldn't grab the attention of any motorists. I speed walked to the closest petrol station, which was luckily not too far, with him following behind me, still yelling the entire time. When I got to the petrol station, I immediately got the attention of two burly men standing next to their pickup truck. They must have seen the terrified look on my face and the man following me as they immediately ran over to ask if I was all right. I was too scared to speak, just shook my head frantically as I tried to get behind them. They immediately demanded to know why the man was following me. He fed them some BS line about being my brother. I just silently kept shaking my head. I guess they figured out what was happening at this point as they started yelling at the man, accusing him of something. I didn't stay to find out. I took the opportunity of him being distracted to start running away. The man noticed that I was leaving and tried to take off after me. The burly men really took offense to this, as they immediately tackled him and threw him in the back of their pickup. He was screaming at this point. They sped off with the guy at an inconceivable speed right past me and just kept going. I was happy that they took him away, but I did not stop running until I reached home. I had no idea what to make out of this entire exchange, but it really shook me. I don't know where they took the creepy guy or what they did with him after. In all honesty, I don't want to know. I told my parents and altered the route I walked home from school. I never saw him again, and I am thankful for that. Even though I could not say what I needed to in that moment, those two kind strangers saw that I was in distress and dealt with it for me. Even after all these years, I still remember the sheer terror and then relief when they took him away.
3: Get your voice on Disturbed with our hotline, available 24-7, completely free. Tell us your experience or just leave your comments on the show. Visit hotline.disturbedpodcast.com on your mobile device or computer.
4: And finally, we close out the show hearing from Reddit user Spooky Penguin, featuring voice work by Kiona Bashful Echo. And there's something trying to lure us into the woods.
1: I can't sleep at all since this happened, and I'm honestly not sure who else to share this with because I think I'll sound crazy, but I have to get this out there because it's been running through my head and I'm so chilled and mortified. I live on this big piece of sort of small farmland with two homes, the house my husband and I live in and the house that is owned by his grandparents a short walking distance away. We have a lot of woods surrounding our land and we get a lot of woodland animals that come through our yard a lot. It's one thing I really love about living here. There's a groundhog family that I got to watch grow up that live by one of our sheds that mind their own business and don't bother any of the small crops my husband's nana grows. Anyways, our dogs kind of know the territory and walk around freely between our two homes in the large field. I guess you could call them farm dogs, but they don't really do anything. My dog is a three-legged 15-year-old chihuahua that manages to get around better than me somehow, and nana's really fat beagle who would lick you to death. We're also dog-sitting my mother-in-law's big dog for the 4th of July weekend, since she's going to be somewhere with lots of fireworks. He really doesn't like them, and he's familiar with our home. So last night, I came out of the bathroom, and the big dog starts freaking out. Like, whining, howling, kind of stomping his feet like he wants to show me something, if that makes sense. It isn't really unusual for him, because he gets pretty mouthy when he wants outside, so I started going towards the door, which then he started gesturing with his head towards. So I opened the wooden door before our screen door, and he just froze in our kitchen like a statue. My dog then came up behind him and froze too. They both stared directly at me and turned their heads towards the door in sync, like they were gesturing for me to go outside. It was so uniform. I don't know how to describe it, like, it just felt so wrong for them to do. But at the same time, I assumed maybe there was a skunk outside or something. I went out onto the porch to see our grand neighbor's dog sitting happily on our porch, which made me relax a little. There were very distant sounds of fireworks, so I thought maybe that's what our dogs were on edge about. Then the fat beagle on the porch did the same thing, looked at me nodded his head towards the woods like a suggestion. I noticed he was sitting uncharacteristically still and wasn't panting and snorting like he usually does. I walked to the edge of the porch and looked around for a bit. Eventually my eyes landed at this one point, a perfect hole between the trees that allowed me to stare back deeper into the woods a little bit. And in that spot, I saw a pair of eyes open and blink at me. The rest is kind of a haze. I just remember thinking, you need to go to the woods, over and over again, while urging myself not to do it. Like I was having a battle with a rope pulling me. It suddenly looked like there was grass that was laid perfectly for me to walk on. Like I could point out spots that had been tread by feet before. The best way I can describe it is like that one Junji Ito story about the fault where people were being lured into their holes. It was like there was a path made for me to walk to this pair of white eyes staring at me from the woods. My husband noticed something was amiss, I guess because he heard the door open and wasn't sure where I was. I always tell him when I go outside to read or sit on the porch for a while, and I just kind of heard him behind me go, What are you doing? I remember saying, I'm just looking. I specifically remember saying that. I would bet money on it that those words left my mouth. My husband kind of started getting worried and started guiding me inside. But I remember saying, I'm just looking. He finally ushered me inside and shut the door, turned around wide-eyed and kind of questioned, um, you do not need to go into the woods? I was really confused. From what I remembered, from his perspective, what he should have seen was me standing on the porch staring into the woods. I never mentioned anything about walking out there, just had the sensation that I should move. It was then he told me that, apparently, I kept looking out like I was in a trance and saying different variations of, I need to walk out into the woods for a little bit. I have no recollection of this at all. I've had weird things happen to me before, but this truly fills me with dread. I don't understand what happened, and I'm honestly really frightened about any of us going outside alone for a bit. I really, really feel like there's something trying to lure us into the woods or something.
0: Follow our social channels on Facebook and Instagram at Disturbed Podcast and on Twitter at Disturbed underscore
4: pod. Don't forget you can send in your own true terrifying tale. Head over to disturbedpodcast.com slash submit. If you'd like to support the show and gain access to bonus episodes, ad-free content, and early releases, visit patreon.com slash disturbedpodcast. And a big thanks to all of our newest supporters. Lena Dominguez, Tanner Ringham, Mary Shields, Missy Locks, Jessica Lopez, Sierra McCarthy, John Wade, and DH. Thanks to all of you for supporting the show. Music by Carl Casey at whitebataudio and whitebataudioandco.ag Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with a Solo Shot episode. And don't forget to stay safe out there, y'all.